Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best-selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. You know, one of the difficult things for me being a shaman is that everyone thinks that when you're a shaman, everything in your body is supposed to be perfect. Everything's going to be perfect. Because why? Because you're the shaman and you should be able to heal yourself. But you know, that's not true. And that's a false myth. Because it doesn't matter if you're a healer or if you're a shaman, if you're a doctor, it doesn't matter if you're a lawyer, it doesn't matter if you're an artist or a dancer. Your body gets affected in this world. And then I came across Wisdom Health. Wisdom Health gets me the access that I need to amazing holistic and functional medicine doctors for more than half off the industry average. For me, someone who travels around the world and speaks on stage to hundreds of people and does television and I have so much stress and I need the support to someone to help me to maintain my health and my body. And ever since I was able to work with a functional medicine doctor, my digestive problems, my skin breakouts, my chronic pain, all of it got better because they found the source of what was causing those situations in my body. So many people out there who have been misled to believing that their conditions are incurable just because there's not a medication for it. The truth is, digestive issues, autoimmune issues, chronic skin issues, chronic pain, diabetes, hormones, you name it, are all reversible. Wisdom doctors help you to generate a personalized plan to address your chronic health issues. They use diet, lifestyle changes, and target supplements to help you address the real underlining health issue, not masking it with medications. I have to live my best life being who I am. And I know that when I got involved with Wisdom Health, I knew that I had the support system that I was looking for for a very long, long time. It's time to optimize our body. It's time to make sure that we understand the root cause of our gut and our microbiome and be able to create something different for ourselves from anxiety to nagging depression. We need to understand how to create better health and Wisdom Health does that. Wisdom is just $29 a month and you can book your choice of amazing practitioners from anywhere in the country. Join Wisdom today and use the code Shaman D. Go to wisdomhealth.co backslash shaman D or use the code shaman D when signing up to get your first two months of your membership for free. That's wisdomhealth.co 
www.sahamanco.co slash S-H-A-M-A-N-D or use the code SHAMAND when signing up. Tribe, I'm telling you, we can't keep trusting the system to fix our health problems. It's time for us to look elsewhere. It's time for us to gain wisdom for a betterment of our lives. And that is Wisdom Health. Love you. Today podcast. If anyone hasn't told you they love you, let me be the first. I want the best for you. I want you to be happy. I want you to be fulfilled. I want you to be nurtured and cared for. And most importantly, I want you to remember every day, every moment, why I show up for Ancient Wisdom Today podcast is to give you information so that you can stay lit and be the powerful source that you are on the planet, remembering the greatness of your being every day in every moment. You know, and when we think about life where we are, one of the biggest things that causes difficulty for people is that they're always fast forwarding. They're always thinking about the future, the future, the future, the future. And great, I mean, who doesn't want to think about the future? But the thing is, when they think about the future, they start to go into a space where if they don't see things happening or manifesting in the speed that they would like it to, or things aren't happening in the way that they have intended it to, then they begin to go into states of depression and sadness. And, you know, a lot of people are going into a lot of mental decline because they are projecting so much into the future and they're not really present in the moment that is happening. So they're speeding up time by going into the future instead of slowing down time with a simple I'm proud of you for getting out of bed this morning I'm proud of you for eating this amazing food right now by acknowledging those moments because what happens is when you go into the future 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 behavior you're basically stating that anything that doesn't show up for you in the way you want it to everything in the past just gets completely turned to ash. It's no longer important. Uh, there's no acknowledgement. There's no appreciation. There's no gratefulness. There's no love and energy that goes into all the things that you have done. Even just taking a shower or getting out of bed or just being able to show up for yourself in any way. And so what happens is your being then starts thinking, well, why should I do more stuff? when all you're going to do is that if I don't reach the next level of what you want me to reach, you're just going to take everything that we've already done and throw it in the trash can. And there's so many people who don't even acknowledge the fact that they got out of bed as a, a huge step in their spiritual evolution. And I think that the more we begin to recognize how we're acting and operating as human beings, we then begin to realize that we have the power to change the way we move energy and time. But it can only happen when we are being present with those experiences, not just the big ones that show up that make us feel like we're actually getting something done or we're contributing in some way. I can't tell you how many times I hear people say, I'm not good enough, or I didn't do enough or I should be doing more or I don't feel like I'm contributing 
And every day they get out of bed, they don't realize that that's a contribution. Every moment they show up for themselves in any way, small or large, is a contribution to changing the planet and creating change. We have to, as a society of people, as, as a powerful energy source on the planet, to stop burning our past and turning it to ash. We have to take every moment and revel in the energy and the willpower of every experience so that continues to make our spirit feel that it feels good creating and manifesting new and amazing possibilities. And we have that capability to do so. But in order for us to do so, we have to step into a different way of looking at our lives. Sometimes I get up in the morning and I say, I'm very proud of you for getting out of this bed. And when I go and take a shower or, you know, show up uh, for an Instagram live or a TikTok live, I'm so proud of you for showing up for the tribe. I'm so proud of you for completing your projects. I'm so proud of you for taking a breath and looking out the window at nature. I'm proud of you for walking outside and staring at the sun. It, 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 the, the thing is, it doesn't matter what the situation is. It's, it's slowing down time by acknowledging those moments. Instead of speeding up time by staying in the future and, and then beating up on yourself, ridiculing yourself because you're not meeting some idea of expectation and goal points that you're, you're achieving to reach to love yourself more or to appreciate yourself or to acknowledge that you're amazing already. We spend so much time downgrading ourselves because we're not meeting some level of something we think we should meet from someone else, from a family member, a friend, a lover, spouse, perhaps someone you're, 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 you're working for, whatever it may be, or maybe it's just some, some, some invisible idea that the world needs you in some type of mission in order for you to feel value in who you are. Value should not be because we achieve grand and grandiose things. Value should be acknowledged when we step into a moment of grace for ourselves. The ability to, to hold space for ourselves, to, re, to remember and see those moments that we don't even consider triumphs and successes. But the mere act of getting out of the bed in the morning and being able to step into that space is literally a space in which you should hold for yourself. Or just having that, that, that simplicity of like taking a breath and perhaps you're staring at your child or you're, you know, you're, you're thinking about something. It's, I'm so proud of you thinking a positive thought. I'm so proud of you thinking something that's, that's remarkably to inspire you, you know? And really, the more you begin to do that and the more you step into that space of love and connection, the more you're going to be able to see your life expand and opportunities and people coming in to, to create more of those moments for you to be proud of, more of those experiences for you to step into. So for us to, to be these powerful beings, power isn't only for those who reach a certain pinnacle, 
Power is in recognizing simplicity and the achievements within that simplicity so that we as human beings can begin to appreciate all the things that we do every day to be who we are so that our spirit feels this 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 value so we're not constantly looking for other people to validate our value or to to validate our our reason for being or to acknowledge our existence in some idea or thought that someone may have and and we are looking for them to 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 give us the accolades or the acceptance that what we're doing is enough you get to decide what's enough and you get to decide how and the way in which you choose to live your life i love you so much and i know that you'll take this message and create beautiful things hey tribe so the tribe wants to hear from you and i know a lot of you are talented out there in music and poetry and recipes and ideas and just you know things that you want to share with the tribe you can send that information to info at shamandurek.com and share your gifts with the tribe love you all and stay lit tribe we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors who is lit verified hello tribe have you ever heard of anima mundi herbals well i have to tell you you know in my life i've traveled all over the world trying people's products experiencing them and seeing how they operate with my body how connected they are to me on a deeper spiritual level and the way i feel about how they're produced and created in this world one of the things that i love about anima mundi is that they're founded in costa rican herbalist community it's a female black indigenous people of color owned and operated business through master herbalist Adriana Ayeles from Costa Rica. When I connect with a product and the reason why I share it with you is because I see results. And when I get results from a product, I have to share it with the tribe because I know that it's going to benefit your life as much as it's benefited mine. I love the fact that their products contain zero fillers and binders and also that it's pure botanical powders t 
expertise. It is the most powerful apothecary that I've run across in my travels in life. And I love how they give back to the community to bring support for education and helping people with farming productions and creating remedies and benefits that people all over the world in all walks of life. Anima Mundi is not just a product. It is literally uh, earth medicine. And it is so good for your soul because the moment you put it in your body, you can feel the results. So I don't really need to tell you anything more about this amazing company. What I can tell you is that you should have this on your shelf in your home for your family so that you can continue to live a healthy and vibrant life. If you want to have the most amazing products that touches your soul on a deep level, you can check out Anima Mundi and you get 15% off by typing Shaman Durek. I love you so much, Tribe, and I want you to feel as good as I feel when I put anything into my body. All right, Tribe. Time to hear from our special guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. I'm Shaman Durek, and I'm very happy to be in studio with my very dear friend, Glenn Powell, who is also in the new movie Top Gun Maverick. But he's also been in other films, and you probably recognize him in Scream Queens and many other films, and we can talk about that. I'm just happy to have him because he's a close friend of mine. I, I met him through my friend Gwyneth and, um, and Brad, and it's been an amazing friendship, and I'm just happy to have him in the studio. So it feels not just just like having a guest. It's actually a family member who's in the studio with us today. Glenn, welcome. Thanks for having me, man. I feel the same way. I, I'm very proud of you, first of all. Like, I, you're, you're kicking butt right now. <laughs> and that's really a lot because one of the greatest things that I love about you is how you stay humble and you do what you do and you do it with precision and grace. And I think the time and the energy that you put into really doing what you do is really beautiful to watch. But for those who don't know the story of Glenn, let's go back to when it all first started. Okay. <laughs> let's do it. So tell us, what, how did you get into being an actor? You know, this is something like movies have always been something I've been like incredibly passionate about. Um, you've gotten to know my family over the years and I come from a very rowdy family who no one has the ability to truly be a wallflower. Like they kind of put you out into the world and make you take chances in a way that all, all in the name of entertainment of others, right? So like entertainment and trying to be funny and trying to make people laugh and telling jokes at dinner and, and having dance-offs and, and, you know, those sort of things. Like even just like boxing with my cousins in front of the family, it was all sort of in the name of entertainment. And so it's just interesting is it's sort of always been a part of my life is trying to bring joy to other people with that stuff. And and when I would watch movies, movies were sort of the way that my family and I connected. You know, they were, um, I feel like movies when done well, expedite intimacy with people because you can, you can go see a movie and then whatever those themes or ideas or 
that are brought up in the movie, you can have those conversations, things that wouldn't naturally be brought up uh, in a normal conversation or relationship. So I really give a lot of credit to movies for my family's closeness. You know, we were able to have conversations of that stuff. And I just thought that was always magic. I always thought that was just incredible that movies could bring people together, you know, strangers in a theater. You could, I, I always feel like when I'm talking to people, I ask them their favorite movies, like, Oh, like, what'd you think of that? And it, and it just makes it, it's a, it's common ground, you know, to come together. And growing up in Austin, there was, um, you know, there was a theater program. It's called Austin musical theater that, um, I used to watch musicals with my grandmother. So I did a lot of musicals growing up. And then I did spy kids three with Robert Rodriguez. And I just started doing some little things that would come to town, small bit roles. And, um, I never really considered it a profession long-term and I, I don't know if that's because I'd seen examples of people who were passionate about it as well and then moved out to LA and came back with their tail between their legs. And I never, I always saw nepotism work out in Hollywood, but no one that just moved out there and just said, I'm going to take on the town. And then they came back bruised and <laughs> bloody. And they yeah. were like, don't do that. <laughs> you know? And I think, I think that was sort of those cautionary tales, um, prevented me from ever looking at it as something that was viable where, where your passion and, and an occupation can merge, you know? And I, I always looked at it going, okay, I'll do finance or something that'll make money. And then this movies will just be something that I, I love, you know, in my off time and free time that I love to talk about. And it was a real breakthrough uh, when I, I did this movie called um, The Great Debaters with uh, Denzel Washington. And Denzel was the one that was like, you love this. Like, you really love this. And I feel like you're pretty good at it. Like, this is the time to to not, you know, dip your toe into the water. Like, you got a cannonball. You got to go full in. And um, I don't think without his confidence or or that push, I would have given this a shot. And so that, that was my, my entry on LA. That, that's an amazing story, by the way, because Denzel Washington, I have a lot of respect for the man, Sidney Poitier, you know, people who are really seasoned in their skills and their craft, yeah. you know. Um, I find that, you know, people can come to Hollywood, they can just come in and, you know, there's that, that story where they get off the bus with the suitcase, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they check yeah. into some yeah. kind of like postal or place and, you know, they, they take their shot at Hollywood. But I think it's the people who have it in them, but don't put that thirsty, I need to do this, but really from a place of, I want to have fun. Yes. Yes. And it has to come from a genuine place. I think the thing that I've realize the people that succeed out in this town versus the ones that try to succeed is first off, you have to have an unbelievable belief in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself or your talent or your ability, no one will ever believe in you. That's, that's number one. And then the other thing is a genuine love of the thing that you're doing, not the result, the thing, you know, and I think people are like, hey, like, you know, is anything different now for you? Like, you must love all this, you know, attention or whatever it is. And I go, the job hasn't changed. The job has been the same since I've been 10 years old, since I've been doing this, which is like, I just love to act and I love to try on characters and I love to like walk in somebody else's shoes. Like, that's what I love. And that hasn't changed at all. Um, sure, there's some difference in the noise, but I think if people get into this business for 
accolades or fame or attention or any of that stuff, you are building your house on sand. And, and that is, that is a, that's a very dangerous place. That's a dangerous thing to chase. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. I think that's a, a very brilliant statement, by the way, because I think there's a lot of people out there who would like to take their shot at Hollywood, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know, and I think that where we are today and what people see in, in social media and what they see in the, in the world is they always think fame, 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 but they don't understand what comes along with that. They just want to get to that place so they can feel in that place within them that's vacuous instead of realizing that there's a real art to the person who's really putting themselves out there to create some really beautiful, you know, movies and television shows and things that are a touching. And I love what you said. And I want to go back to the family because I love your family. I love you. You know, the whole, that your family's amazing. I love the, the, I mean, as you know, you make me laugh about everything. And <laughs> the thing is, is that, that, that essence of family, that connection of what you said, which is films bring people together they create an atmosphere of connection and storytelling. When you think about some of the films that really touched your life, uh, what would you say some of those films were that, that had a poignant storytelling to you that really reached into you and made you say, I know exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing? You know, I think a really interesting example of that is I, I have an autistic uncle and Rain Man, weirdly, was a, was a movie that, allowed me to talk about that relationship with my dad and his, and, you know, and, 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 you know, his family member where it's like a complicated relationship and the frustration that comes with that, but the love and like what, you know, and it's interesting because I, I even feel like movies have the ability to, the whole purpose is to obviously to, to entertain, but also to boil complex things down to simple ideas and feelings. And that's where I feel like, you know, I, even the movie like Coda that recently came out, you know, in terms of the deaf community, they really rallied around it because they're not seen. And, and to be seen in the movie is to be represented as, and it is to be, you know, having your ideas and, and, and your frustrations and your, and your journey represented for other people to appreciate. And, and I think that's an incredible thing that you can't, you know, overlook. It's like, I, I, I was telling somebody this the other day with regards to Top Gun. I was talking to a, a great friend of mine who she said her dad has never opened up about being, he was a fighter pilot. He was in the Navy and over 45 years, he never really opened up uh, to the family about his experiences in Vietnam or any of those things. And he watched Top Gun. It was the first time in his her whole life that he talked about those experiences and that existence. And he reached out to some buddies that he served with that are still alive. And I go, wow, that's healing. Like that's, that's, that's impact. And you can say, okay, we're making a blockbuster. That's fun. And that'll thrill audiences and cool. Like, you know, it's like, it's all, you know, fun and sexy and all those things. But at the end of the day, you can't forget about the impact of what you are doing on a bigger level. And I think that's one thing that Kevin Costner told me this when we did Hidden Figures. He said, movies are your epitaph, right? The ideas that you are harnessing, that you're exploring, that you're trying to put on these movies are the, are the ideas that you will leave behind. At the end of the day, you have nothing to leave behind other than the stories that you've told and how people react to that and how people feel about that. And I've now 
again, going through this journey, I'm now holding that, that responsibility with more reverence. And really that's also guiding the things that I want to do next, you know, Mm -hmm. um, knowing that if someone feels seen represented, can have a conversation with someone that they wouldn't have been able to have with a movie. Um, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. That right there is a mic drop because leaving, you know, I always say that life is about storytelling, you know, and every civilization, every culture, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, we build and shape our lives around stories, you know, and I think that I, the purpose of us being able to look upon a story in a theater, wherever we are, you know, has such a deeper meaning for humanity because we're actually learning, experiencing, understanding, developing, and having these emotional experiences with what we're seeing. We're looking in on someone's moment, their vignette, their a, a glimpse of their life. When it comes to the story-making process, what are some of the stories that you and yourself are most you know, when you feel the best in in playing those roles, what roles do you see yourself? Do you see yourself more as a person who is more sharing an action story or a romantic story or either or? Where do you sit in that? Yeah, that's a great question because really up until now in my career, I have kind of tried to explore things where I know I'm going to win, right? On on, on that journey, you're trying to just not screw it up. Right. (laughs) But, but it's really interesting in the, in the stuff that I'm doing next. Um, some of these things that I've been building out this movie that I just did, uh, called devotion with Jonathan majors, JD Dillard directed it. Just a beautiful story. I've been putting it together for like four and a half years and it's finally coming out in October. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. No, and it's, it's just this beautiful story of being an ally, being, being a friend. And it's this true story of these, you know, this white pilot and this black pilot, first African-American pilot uh, named Jesse Brown and this kind of unlikely friendship they formed. And, um, one of them got shot down 40 miles into North Korea as they were protecting all these Marines on the ground who are literally freezing to death. And I mean, it was so cold on the ground that people were literally fighting to the death because their guns would freeze up. It was brutal. It was a brutal war that no one really knows about. And these guys kind of protected all these people and this friendship when one of them got shot down, it's the, it's, it's how far will you go for a friend? The other one crash land is playing on purpose to save him, And it's just, I believe, you know, in, in an, in an era where friendship and being a partner or friend or whatever it is can be, uh, a veneer. It can be a, 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 a relationship of convenience. It's how far will you willing to be willing to go for someone else's struggle for, for someone else's, you know, uh, salvation. And, and, um, it's a beautiful movie. It turned out wonderfully, but that role was a role that I was really afraid of. My, my girlfriend, when we got down to Savannah, where we shot it, she goes, are you always this like in your head about like like, movies look fun to shoot? Like you, you look like you're not having a great time at all. And I was like, I'm pulling things out of myself. I'm exploring stuff inside of me. That's the beauty of this job is things that are easy to skate over, things that hurt that you don't want to talk about or feel, you get to explore those things, you know, but that's painful. You know, that's, that's a healing thing on, on the, on the other side. You get to know more about yourself. But at the time, 
it can be to rip yourself open. It can be quite painful. And I had to be live in a place that really felt um, uncomfortable for, for a while. But it, again, it felt incredibly valuable. And I'm now craving that feeling of being unbelievably terrified to go into something and coming out the other side feeling proud of myself. This is a really good point because there is an understanding in cultural um, anthropology where in shaman uh, tribes, there is always that one person or two people who are the storytellers. And they are known as the sufferers in the village because they have to be able to be so transparent with themselves, to crack themselves open, to be able to pull in these different characters, to be able to share the story with the tribe, enough to be able to get a reaction from the tribe that either strengthens them and allows them to thrive. Now, it's fascinating because I always say that an actor is literally the, it's the same exact thing. If you are true about your craft, and that's what I love, and I'm so glad you said that because there's so many people in the world who look at actors and they go, oh, they're just an actor, just reading a script. Oh, that person's just doing whatever. They don't understand that someone like you would have to go in, get transparent with yourself. Then you would have to take your own personality, your idea of who you are, and you have to go into different levels of yourself, which literally is appealing of inside, and then be able to have the vulnerability, the strength, the courage, the understanding to be able to bring that out in the most authentic way to get a reaction from the people so that people can feel inspired, empowered, feel that I want to have that hero's journey. When you hear that, and now you know that, what does that mean for you? I mean, uh, again, it, it, it's, it's the privilege of the job. Um, it's something that I think going into this job, playing pretend is something I've always enjoyed. And I, I can, you'll never see me happier than when I'm on a film set. It's literally my happy place. I, I, I feel completely free to explore myself and, and, and to do that with other people. It's like, that's why I think actors become really good friends is like, you expedite friendships because you have these amazingly deep conversations. Jonathan Majors, like he's like my brother because we had to crack each other open to understand what made these men tick in a, in a different way. And it's an intimate process. It's like, it's a, it's a beautiful thing that you can do. Cause again, we can walk through life kind of blind and kind of comfortably, comfortably ignorant, you yeah, know, to, yeah. to each other and like what everybody's going through. And I, and I find that film sets can be just wonderfully intimate in that way. I feel like the, the privilege of walking in someone else's shoes is again, something we rarely have time to do. And again, that's the best part of the job is I, that's literally my occupation is I, I, my job is to look at someone else that I don't feel like I have a whole lot in common with that I go, okay, what makes this person tick and, and trying to uncover that, but then also finding out where that Venn diagram kind of overlaps yep. and where, where Glenn stops and where this other person begins. And I think that's, that's also fascinating is especially when that Venn diagram, like that overlap, that common, that common ground is, is slight. The character that I just played, it's like nothing, very little is, is me. And it's, that was a scary part is I was going, oh, wow, I'm, 
I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to be in some uncomfortable places because I, I'm going to have to be in this guy's shoes completely. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you, yeah, again, it's just like what Denzel said. It's like taking that plunge, like cannonball balling into dark waters. That's what the job is. And I think at its best, that's, that's what you should do. Cause when you're comfortable, safety is not something that's exciting to watch. People want you, you want to watch an actor take a plunge, you know, and I, that's what you pay for. And that's, that's what I think is, is catharsis at the end of the day. When, a, when, a, when a role is done well, and when you watch an actor just crush it, you just like, wow, that looks dangerous and it's great. And, you know, we all benefit from it, you know, because the bravery to do that is pretty, it's exciting. Uh, I would definitely say so because it is truly a demonstration of vulnerability and it is a demonstration of where humanity is always putting up masks and walls and really trying to hide away these emotions and these feelings and these real connections that we have the capability to, to have. There is a point where when you see an actor take that plunge, it's, it's not just also exhilarating because you can feel it in the parts of yourself where you're not taking that plunge. And perhaps that movie or that scene or that one line could be the thing that changes that person's life forever. Yeah. You know, and I think that's such a, a remarkable gift on our planet to have. But let's talk process, yeah. right? Okay, you get this, you get, you get a, a job, you get a script. What, what's the process you know, one of the things that I try to do is I try to read the script over and over, finding lines or moments or something that doesn't like what I always find that that's usually a great starting place is like if 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 uh you know if you're if you're buying an apple right at the store and you know most people buy an apple and they're like, all right, cool, there's an apple. And a guy like pulls at the stem and he feels around it and he holds it up to the light, you're like, this guy's really exploring this apple, right? weird behavior like that that goes, why does he care so much about the imperfections of this apple? Like that's a weird example, but those behavioral things that kind of seem divorced from normal logic or, or normal behavior really usually attacking those goes, okay, like he's looking for, he's looking for flaws. That's an interesting character choice. That means that could be something that could be played throughout your, your whole existence. And I find finding little moments like that, that you can really dive into creates a worldview. And it's like, it's so interesting how we meet, we know people that you go, Hey, like this is a person who, if, if that person who's buying that apple and is like looking for, you know, imperfections in something that probably finds itself into the friendships in the relationships, in the way they deal with, you know, on a regular basis. And therefore you can start developing a pretty exciting worldview based on that sort of stuff and really figuring out what makes a character tick. So I try to find just small things that can become, you know, symptoms of bigger things, you know? Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about these processes. Let's talk about Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Okay. We've been friends for a long time and watching you excel and everything that you're doing. I remember the times I'd come into your house and you would be getting into a script. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, uh, maybe we shouldn't just give you some space so you totally, can do your thing because totally, you totally. get really in it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, and um, what was it like for you just before we get dive into this? Because there's so many questions I have around that. What was it like for you to get that call of, 
you're going to be Hangman in Top Gun Maverick. You know, it, this this whole journey has been really complicated in, in, in the best of ways. I've, I've really discovered a lot about myself and in terms of trusting my instincts and, and really being accountable for my decisions, but standing up for what I want and those sort of things because I originally auditioned for a different role. I auditioned for a role that Miles Teller ended up playing in the movie. And I put everything I had into it. You know, like, I think the one thing that I've realized people reaching out after this movie has, has come out is I may wear my work ethic outside maybe too much. I try not to. But the one thing that as a kid, my, my, my parents always said, they're just like, you just outworked anybody. In anything you do, I just tried harder. Whether it was sports or grades or just, I just wanted to be good. And I always felt like discipline for me was the key to happiness. If I, if I put everything I had into it, even if I failed at it, I could look back being like, okay, I gave it my go. I'm not good at this thing. You know, whereas if I didn't put everything I had into it, I always looked at myself like, man, why'd you, you, you could have done more. You could have <laughs> yeah. done more. And there's, there's this, uh, and I think that for me is about accountability for who you are. It's so easy to blame things and other people. But as long as I put everything I had into the circumstances, I felt like I came out the other side, at least feeling fulfilled with taking the plunge, you know, and, and putting all myself into it. I did that leading up to Top Gun. I literally stayed on naval bases. I was with pilots months before I even auditioned. So I get down to the last three and I get the call from Joe Kaczynski who directed the movie. And he said, you know, you know, we're, we're given the role to miles. And I said, totally understand. Totally get it. Thank you for the opportunity. It was great. And he said, there's this other role. And, uh, I had read the script and I just really didn't understand what made this guy tick. I, I, I couldn't relate to him. His, his point of view, it wasn't exciting to me. And, and also I put so much into this other thing that it was, it kind of was hurtful. And it's like going back to what we were talking about is, being on set when there, I put everything I had into this other role and they were kind of felt like they were just throwing me this other bone felt like an experience. I didn't want to go down. It felt painful to be, you know, it's, it's like, it's like falling in love with a girl and she's like, Hey, you know, I just don't think we're right. And then she, you know, marries your best friend. Yeah. Good example. And, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and it's like, and, and you're just in the vicinity of that pain all the time. And cause it doesn't necessarily go away. And so, so I, I was sort of ex, like kind of looking downfield going, do I want to do that? Do I want to be <laughs> next to the love of my life while she's in love with someone else? You know, that's sort of what it felt like. And, you know, I sat down with Cruz, he called me and explained to me, you know, essentially he just said, why, why are you not doing the movie? And I told him, I said, you know, I just don't know what to do with this role. I don't understand what makes him tick. It doesn't exciting. It doesn't excite me. It doesn't feel like it plays to my attributes. And I talked about what I feel like I do really well on screen. And 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 he said the what he feels like I do well on screen. And and he goes, what kind of career do you want? And I said, you man, I want to I want to be you. And he goes, do you know how I did that? And I go, yeah, you choose good roles. And he goes, no, I choose good movies, and I make the roles great. He goes, you have that potential here. He goes, I know how your brain works through this process and I know we can make this great together. And that was a moment where, again, knowing, looking down the field where I knew it could be potentially painful, 
to be in the vicinity of that other role, but also knowing that all great things in life have, have a degree of trust to them. And I had to take that plunge and I had to trust him. I had to trust Jerry Bruckheimer, Joe Kaczynski, Chris McQuarrie, Tom Cruise, these guys to go to honor their word. And I literally got to build this role with them. I mean, it just wasn't anywhere close to as what it is in the movie. And I'm really glad I took that plunge, but it was scary. And I think people look back on that, on the movie after seeing it, they're like, wait, you were going to turn down that role? And I'm like, it was, it, it didn't feel like that. It didn't look like that. This was something I literally had to put myself out there and go, who knows if it ends up being this on the day, who knows? But at the end of the day, like, I'm, I'm really glad I took that emotional plunge and that I said, Hey, it may be painful. It may be weird. It may not be the thing, but that's life, you know? And, uh, there's been the most incredible experience of my, my whole career. I mean, it's been, it's, it's changed everything. And I'm really glad I, I took the plunge. I think the words that Tom Cruise shared with you is solid wisdom. You know, and I'm really glad that he actually said that to you, you know, because yeah. I know how you think and you like to ponder things, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and I also think, too, that when I saw it, because yeah. of knowing you, I said to myself, now, this is interesting. He is playing this cocky role, so completely different from who he is, yeah. you know, and it was good. Because you did it really well, you know, and knowing you, knowing your personality, the understanding of you being able to step into that space and really what you really did was you, you got humble, you know, yeah. and I think having a little bit of humble pie when you're in that field and what you're doing is a great way to be exalted and that's exactly what happened, you know, yeah. because when you actually watch the film, you can see, you know, the other characters and what they're doing, but your character stood out so much, not just because you're my friend, yeah. but because it was the last thing I witnessed when you came and, you know, and saved the day. Yeah. Right? No spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and not only that too, it's, it's remarkable because I remember you were going through your process and the, when you, you shot the film, but there was a lot of complications about the film coming out. Yeah. Tell us about that. I mean, it took a year to shoot this movie already. I mean, it was like, there's a lot of moving pieces. Obviously, when you're shooting everything in the back of real jets, when you're, you know, the way Tom Cruise does everything is it's all in service of the audience. He wants the audience to feel the real experience. But when you're doing that, Moving around jets is not easy. $80 million aircraft, you're having to brief with the Navy. So it's like, it just takes a long time. And the delicate nature, Tom always said, like this movie's hitting a bullet with a bullet. You know, it takes patience. It takes precision. It takes a little bit of luck to try to capture the magic of the original, but try to make it your own and try to... And so there was just so much work that went into that and it didn't end. It was like, Hey, we're probably gonna shoot this thing for three months. And it's like, no, four five, six, seven, it just kept going on. But that's Tom's process is he's like, he's relentless to perfection. And that's the one thing I will say, there's been so many different phases to this movie for me in terms of the education. There was that pre-production aspect in terms of how he builds a movie, the actual production aspect, what I really learned took away 
from the most is how he doesn't give up on it. A movie, he goes, he doesn't go, hey, production's this long to this long. He's like, whatever it takes. We will do this until it is perfect. We will do this until we cannot do it anymore. Until he, there are movies that he, he premieres the movie and then goes back into the editing room. He's like, we got we to gotta change this thing. And then we, and he, he's done that with movies before. It's a very expensive mistake to, to fix. And he just cares that much. And to put yourself into a, a process like that, I, that's just been really educational. And then the other thing that I think was just interesting was what you're talking about, which is pushing the movie over two years during this, you know, pandemic, we knew we were sitting on this beautiful movie that was going to thrill audiences. Like I saw the movie right after the pandemic started and I was like, wow, this movie's incredible. I was like, this is going to be, it's going to change my life. Like yeah. this is going to change a lot of people's lives. You know, I can't wait for the world to see this and to have the patience to say, wait, wait, there will be a time. Do not pull the trigger. Do not aim, you know, do not shoot in the name. It's like, let's, we know we got to look down the field and go, when is this the perfect time for audiences to really celebrate this movie? And again, I always, I told Tom this, I said, man, you Babe Ruthed it, you know, you pointed to the <laughs> fence and you just hit it out of the park. And it, it's, it's, it's something that really took a lot. Again, going back to trusting Tom in that way, it's like, it's a hard thing when you feel like sometimes you're waiting for your career to start. Cause you know how long I've been at this, I do. you know, and, and you know how much of myself I put into everything and how much I care and how I want to tell great stories. And I want, you know, the people around me to feel great. And, and, you know, it's like, so when you sometimes feel like your life is kind of waiting to start a little bit, that's another exercise in going, Hey, it's not about the result. You did the work, put everything you had into it. You made something great. When it comes out, it comes out. And it's like, you know, action without caring about the reaction is, is just an important state to be in, I think as a person. I think those are brilliant words said by you. And I really want them to touch the hearts and ears of people who are listening because a lot of times people go into these ideas where they, you know, I always say people live in the future. You know, they live in the future. They're always thinking about the future, the future, the future. And what it does is it speeds up time in their mind. But at the same time, it causes anxiety and stress and, and worry. And is it going to happen? Is it possible to happen? Instead of people just taking a little moment and just being like, I'm so happy that I got out of bed this morning. I'm so happy that I was able to just have this experience of being on set today. You know, it, there's these very interesting moments that we human beings really have to step into to see what, exactly what you said, which is, it's not about the results. It's about being in the joy of what you're doing. And I'm so glad that you said that because I really need that to ring clear into people's ears and minds so that they really understand the process of bringing the greatest artistry. And, and this whole thing about Tom creating this precision is a lesson for everyone, right? It's like, why would you give up on it? Why would yeah. you quit? Right? Why don't you see it to its full um, um, you know, maturity and fruition? Right. And I think that's really beautiful. Now, let's just go back to 19. Um, is it 86? 1988. Oh, for Top Gun or yeah. my, my life? The Top Gun. <laughs> A Top Gun, 86. Yeah, 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 1986. I yeah. got it. Because I remember <laughs> what I was doing. 
I was big fan of Top Gun. I remember seeing that film with my girlfriend and I created a whole fan club and everybody yeah. was like, you know, we'd listen to the music over like, dun, 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 you know, just, yeah. what was that like for you? You know, I was born two years after the movie came out, but when I watched it for the first time, again, it, for me, Top Gun is about the wish fulfillment of what the movies can be, which is they can be simultaneously epic and also intimate, you know, it can be adventurous, it can be romantic, it can be funny, it can be, you know, it can be super earnest and it can have a wink at the audience. And it just, when those things culminate in a way, when you have all these brilliant minds on a movie, that's my favorite part about movie making is you literally bring the coolest people together for one purpose, which is to just give people an emotional thrill ride for two hours, two and a half hours, whatever it is, you all these departments, all these people are working together for the same common goal and they come from different backgrounds and they come from different skill sets and, you know, and, and, and so I get to like have my phone filled with the most interesting people on the planet because of this job. And also just in addition to that, it's like, I just feel like, you know, having like you at the, the premiere when we, we get, we got to do, you know, we got to show it at Grandma's Chinese and all that. It's like, to be able to like bring my friends along with that. It's like, there's the part of the movie making where you bring all these amazing people together, but then there's this part of the, the results, which is celebrating with your friends and family and celebrating with people that appreciate that part of you, you know, and appreciate the other people that made the movie and like understand the artistry that goes into it. Um, cause that, that was a really special day for me being able to show everyone that's gotten to see that journey and gotten to see that that road, you know, and gotten to see the work that goes into it. Those moments are are super crucial and important to to be again be present in and celebrate um, because I I don't think I don't think anybody it, everybody's like oh it's so nice that you like bring people to be extras on set and or you know you, you know have people like at the at the premieres and stuff like that and I go. I don't know any other way to truly appreciate and be present like the people that keep me present, right? My friends and my family, anybody that's around during this journey, literally, they look me in the eyes and they're like, this is amazing. I'm like, right? This is yeah, great, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, this is cool, right? Yeah. And it's like, there's like this amazing ability to be present with the right people. And it's, it's another reason why I think just being out in Hollywood, it's important to keep people that aren't continually looking down the field. There are those people that, that there's a function of people like that in your life. You know, it's important for people to be, you know, strategic about those sort of things, but it's also important in terms of the gang gang, the people that are right around you to be the people that keep you grateful, keep you present, you know, and, 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 you know, and keep you human, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what our friendship has always been since the very beginning. Yeah. It's always been about authenticity, showing up for each other, no no nonsense, like just really being there on that very core level. And I really love that. I want to go into the flying in these planes yeah. situation. Okay. How did you get these shots? Like, how is it that you're, I mean, are you in the air doing these shots? Oh, yeah. 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 This is that, 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 that was the most incredible part is I, I, again, amazing people come onto these film sets. Everybody comes together for the common goal of making this movie and making it the best we possibly can. I've never been a part of a movie in which you're making it along with the military. You cannot buy an F 18. This is a 
very expensive, very classified government asset. So we're flying with real Top Gun pilots in these planes doing things that they really don't do on a normal basis. Oh, Even God. they're like, uh, wait, what are we doing exactly? And so we'd be in these briefs with the Navy, the film crew and the Navy. And it was a really exceptional experience to see how the best of the best from both sides of that aisle come together to create something really special. And when you're up there, it really is also a mental game. Like there's a meditative nature where, you know, talking to like some buddies that are like athletes, when they walk out of that tunnel, and they're about to go on the field. They say a switch flips. Something has to change. Otherwise, you can't be that brutal. You yeah. can't be that you can't be that physical. <laughs> right. If you carry that off the field, you're a scary person, you know? But you have to something has to change when you go on that field. You have to be going into battle. And and I realized these guys what was so interesting is like <laughs> you'd see them at the uh, officers club or you know in these briefs and they're kind of like, you know, like meek like sweet so we get, you know, they're, they're nerds. I mean, they're, they're, they're engineers, like they're, they're brilliant. And then you'd see them get into these planes and they, then you just see something switch and they become athletes, you know, they become warriors. And it's just a, it's a cool thing. Cause you just, you kind of, it was something until I saw it, I didn't really conceptualize, but they're, they're, they're warriors with these toys. I mean, but these are, these are weapons of war that we're in, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's just an interesting and again, that accountability, it's a thing that I've now taken through getting my pilot's license and doing this movie, is this concept of being the pilot in command. When you're up there in the sky, you are accountable for knowing everything about your airplane, how to keep everybody around you safe, and how to keep the people on board safe. You know, that is your job. You're the pilot in command. You are accountable for everything that happens. And, and, and knowing that the difference between life and death for certain people is you, your, your ability to be present, your ability to be knowledgeable and proficient and calm is kind of a lot. But it's an amazing thing to go through life being accountable to that level is a great privilege. And that's what one of the phrases that Tom always said was pressure is a privilege. If people are counting on you, if, if there's anticipation for what you're planning on doing, any of that stuff, like that is such a privilege in life. If, if you're going through and no one's counting on you, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's, you're not putting yourself out there enough. You're not doing enough, you know, but when people are looking to you for, for guidance, for wisdom, for, for safety, for protection, like that's, that's, that's a life well lived and that's pressure, but it's, it's, it's how life should be lived. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think the level of accountability that people really need to step into to understand that. And I like the way that you said it, because when you're, okay, you're in this pilot, uh, you're in the plane, let's say you're in the pilots flying the plane. Yeah. How are they getting those shots? So, so you have comms, so you're communicating kind of like we are right now, pretty much this, <laughs> the same, <laughs> the same setup. Um, uh, you're communicating with the front seat and the back seat, but you're, on the ground, you do everything. You have planes with sticks on them. So you're going, hey, you're rolling left. Like, here's the count. I say this line, you roll left, you roll left, boom. And you're you're doing that in front of the whole Navy. So they go, hey, here's the airspeed. Here's the altitude. Here's where the sun position is. Here's the count. I'm going to say this line, boom, boom. And you do it like a dance. You say, that's that's sequence one. We're just going to do that piece. We're not going to try to do all the stuff at the same time. We're just going to do roll left, roll left, boom. 
And you just do that over and over. You go, did we get it? Great. Moving on to this next sequence. And you figure out all those sequences on the ground. And that's another thing that that discipline, that was an, it's, it's also an interesting thing to understand about Tom, which is everybody looks at him like a daredevil. I mean, he is an adrenaline junkie. I mean, he is, he, he puts himself out there like no one I've ever seen. He puts his skin in the game. There is no doubt straps himself to airplanes on the side of buildings and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. It's amazing to watch, but he is all about safety. There is nothing shoot from the hip about him. It is all about preparation. And the thing that I really appreciated is I've done stunts in which I don't feel that from the people around me where you go, wow, I don't think everybody's really on the same page and we're about to do that thing's about to explode. And this guy's got He's spraying bullets and, you know, the squibs are going off and it's like, there's a tank over there, you know, and you're like, this is going to go wrong. And that, that feeling is not good. But again, it's like discipline is the key to happiness. It's also the key to safety, you know, and it was, and for him to protect everybody like that, I never felt like my safety was being, you know, uh, that, that it was, that it was being mishandled, you know, I mean, he was really he really took the mentorship role, but also the protector role very, very seriously. Um, Cause what we're doing with these planes is kind of unbelievably dangerous. I mean, it looks like that. Yeah. I mean, did you ever get sick? Do you ever like have a moment? Yeah. You know, what's actually interesting is, is I was actually wondering mentally what happened because there was a point in the process where I didn't get sick at all. Right. I was like, I felt like bulletproof. I felt like the most tough pilot was doing the whole thing. And then there was a point when we started flying in these 18s where I puked one time and I was like, oh man, like what the heck, where'd that come from? And then for the rest of the filming, pretty much every time I flew, I puked and I don't know what happened, but it was like, it, and at a certain point you just have to give it over going, okay, this is sort of a, this will happen. It's okay. Like I was never, it never stopped the flight. I was always puking and rallying and, and got the shots and got all the stuff never messed with me mentally and any of that stuff. But it was an interesting thing where the physiological response mixed with a mental expectation of what you're about to go into, how those things kind of interacted yeah. and, and you know, and how you prep for it. Cause I had to be like, you know, psyching yourself up. And yet there was that thing that was fighting. Yeah. I don't know. It was just such an interesting, that was an interesting process. Again, I never held anything up, but it always was something uh, for the rest of filming that I just had to... But you've ro- you've ridden roller coasters before, right? Yeah. What G-force were you at? I don't know what roller coasters normally sit at. Probably like, you know, two, three max, I can imagine, but... So you can feel the punch? Oh, are you talking about with an F-18? Yeah. Oh, F-18, I think the load limit for an F-18 is seven and a half. One of the planes that we're flying in can go up to 10. And, and it's not necessarily what they call just like sort of these like, quick G's that are tough. Cause that's like, you know, where you see a picture of somebody and they age 40 years and three seconds. Yes. You're like, Whoa, that looks <laughs> yeah, messed up. Exactly. It's, it's, it's these, it's these sustained G's that are really tough and, and what makes a sustained G tough. So in dog fighting, you know, you're trying to get your nose on the other guy, right? So you're trying to be able to get where you're big, you can shoot missiles or guns at that person. So you're trying to move around like this, but to do that, if you're flying like this at the, past the merge, they call it, and you try to move around that turn going a certain airspeed can be pretty long, like long, you know, and, and, and trying to get that nose around, it's what they call these sustained G's that for 20 seconds or something like that, you will be experiencing upwards of seven and a half G's, which 
you're grunting through trying to keep push blood up your legs to your head because if you relax your body at all, the blood drains from your head and you pass out, right? That's bad. <laughs> so, yes. so, so it's really about keeping enough uh, tension and, and being able to consciously, that's the physicality of it, squeezing muscles strategically to be able to sustain that. So then you get back on that path and you're no longer sustaining those and you can do whatever you need to do. But I think that was the interesting part about being conscious of the performance, being a, a, a you know, a very proficient, capable fighter pilot and yet, and saying lines and doing performance and all that stuff and keeping character thoughts in your head and all those things while there's a physiological thing that is happening to you, which is you're just trying to stay awake and not vomit. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. You know? I mean, that's crazy. I went on a ride at Magic Mountain. It was called, I think it was called Tatsu. And it hits G-Force and everything went narrow and started getting narrower and narrower. And my friend, she passed out. Yeah. And I could feel myself going there yeah. too, you know, but yeah. I'm like holding my body tighter yeah. and tighter. And then it kind of opened up again. So I was thinking when you were making this film, I'm like, I wonder what Glenn is going through when he's up in the air going at that speed. I mean, it's, it's, it's like being in a fight. Like that. the interesting part is I was telling somebody, I, I always had to, because we also have to get in shape for the movie. You got to look like Top Gun. You know, none of these fighter pilots are like <laughs> crazy shredded, but for Top Gun, the movie, you know, you have to be in really good shape. So I would like work out before I would go fly. And there was a couple times I tried to work out after I, f I flew and experienced, you know, eight, nine, 10 Gs and you have nothing left in your body. You're absolutely weak. There is no, you cannot summon enough energy to truly move around what you need to do. Cause it's just, you're gassed at the end of the day. If you fly twice on an, in an F-18, two times in a day, I mean, you have nothing left. You can barely, you, I, I could barely talk. Could you get like, it was I mean, like you really felt like your whole body was just... It would be like like standing on your head for like three hours. Ooh. You know what I mean? Where you're just like, you're just like, I don't know where I am or what I'm doing. I'm just, you're gassed. You're like, I just need to lie down. And cause, and that's, that's what it was like. Because you're also grunting through that stuff, trying to keep blood in your head. It's again, it's like, there's something that is just, it's, a, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a pleasant experience. It's fun when you're, when you're doing these low level flights and you're inverting, you're pulling down and doing all these things. It's epic. It is the ride of a lifetime. It is, it is, it's kind of undescribable. But at the end of the day, when you're doing some of these more visceral, intense things where these large pop-up maneuvers that take a long time, it's painful. Like, it's really painful. There, there's this thing called G-Rash where your capillaries on your back will literally burst. It will look like like someone has your back looks bloody because oh my it's just God. because it it just it pulls all the blood to your back, you know. Wow. Yeah. So it's just it's 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 intense. It's like a visceral. It's like a, I'm getting a whole yeah. education here, bro. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I mean, there are people yeah. at home who are like, "What? Damn. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So you've been on the tour for Top Gun, yeah. and that's been very exciting for you. Yeah. I know that you recently um, met my girlfriend's cousins. Yes. What was that like? They're just lovely. They were just the sweetest people. It's it's um. The buildup to it was really interesting. Obviously, you know, like Royal Protocol and yes, all that stuff. And you become very familiar with how people interact with them. And it was my first, that was my first step into that arena. And oh, my fiance, sorry, not my girlfriend. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm your first interview since uh, you've been engaged. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah. It's 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 just a um you 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 living in the world that you're living in, it's it's so specific, you know, and what you realize is there's this pageantry around people and things that's not necessarily something they've put on there. It's just the pageantry of the uh, I mean, I don't know, the pageantry of, of the world, the pageantry of the world they grew up in, that's their reality. So what's interesting is they would say, hey, um, you know, this is how you address them. Don't, you know, bow your bow from the neck down, that's you know, right. like do this, right. all, the, all these things where I was like, okay, I've never done this before. So I'm just like, don't want to screw it up. And then immediately, <laughs> oh, immediately you meet them. And you know you're about to do those things, and they're like, "Hi, how you doing?" I'm, you know, I'm Kate, and you know, I'm, and there's like, "Oh wow!" Like they're unbelievably human. Yes, unbelievably present. Very. They'd seen the movie. They were super excited about it. Um, she knew my call sign. She knew that my my grandfather served. Like, um, you know, William knew that I had gotten my pilot's license. He was like, "What are you flying?" You know, I was like, "Oh, you have your, you know, you're flying helicopters. What are you flying?" And he was just. Just, I mean, just again, present, thoughtful, generous, um, and, and and he must have talked to 500 people that day. And the fact that I felt like he knew a lot about me and a lot about, you know, who I was and what we I cared about and what this movie was, like, I just thought it's it's a, it's a beautiful superpower when uh, when people when people do that, especially at that level. You know, the higher up you get, the easier it is for people to forgive you for not knowing those things. But when you can take the time to actually know things about people, appreciate them, like know what they care about. It's just, it's, it's a, it's amazing thing. I left being such bigger fans of the two of them. Oh, that's amazing. I, I, I love that. So, okay. We only have a little bit more time left. What are you excited about moving forward? That's such a great question. I mean, honestly, I, I'm just, I think I'm excited about choice. Again, I will not, take my uh, foot off the throttle by any means, you know, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm as excited as I've ever been about this business. And, but I think the thing that I'm really excited about is the opportunities that in the last couple of weeks, since the movie's done really well and people have gotten to see it. I mean, just some of my heroes have, have reached out people that have been like, Hey, we got to work together. And I'm like, just kind of pinching myself. And so I feel like the first time in my whole career, I'm not, it's not that that the Sisyphean effort of pushing the boulder up the hill will always sort of be there, especially as you try to, you know, if, if your expectations for that mountain are incredibly high, you'll, you'll never get that boulder up there, which I think is the beautiful thing about it is like, that's, you know, you continue to work and there is no summit, but I do believe that I've, for the first time in my whole career, I feel like I've hit at least a, a little bit of a downslope in terms of that boulder at the moment doesn't feel so uh, heavy. It feels like I will have inertia working for me for at least a little bit. And the choices in front of me are very exciting and stuff that I've dreamed about my whole life. So I'm, I'm feeling just incredibly, uh, grateful for, uh, again, when we say discipline is the key to happiness, I'm feeling very happy that I've been so disciplined and, uh, just so happy that, that I'm going to get to work with some of my heroes and make movies that hopefully move people. And just so you know, it's well-deserved because I see how hard you've worked 
And that boulder needs to keep rolling because <laughs> there's a lot of uh, beautiful movies that I'm really looking forward to seeing you in. And I'm sure the rest of the world is as well. Glenn, it's been amazing having you here on Ancient Wisdom Today podcast, uh, bro. It was awesome. Love you, man. <laughs> I love you so much. And uh, everyone, please go check out Top Gun and uh, let everyone know about it. Uh, it is absolutely astounding film and it is packed with energy and power. And let me tell you, you are going to love it. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Tribe, I love you all so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more. And remember, tribe, no matter what, stay lit.